What's up, y'all? Welcome to Procurement Foundry's 10-Year Talks, 15-minute podcast interviewing battle-tested procurement supply chain professionals who have the scars to prove it. We ask the same five questions every week, providing you with chewable bits of expertise. I'm your host, Katie McEwen, the procurement girl, representing FireQuest, the most user-friendly procurement solution in the world. So excited to be back from maternity leave. I'm happy to report that despite a global pandemic and the world going absolutely mad, we were blessed with a healthy baby girl. I have to give a big shout out to BuyerQuest, Procurement Foundry, and this community for your immense generosity and support during this time. Thank you. It's so great to be back. I've missed y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So with that being said, I'm excited to introduce you to our rock star guest today, John Hansen. This guy has 40 years of experience creating buzz, driving opportunity. He's a LinkedIn influencer, blogger, author, a ghostwriter, sales strategist at solving complex problems and driving revenue. Thank you so much for joining the show today, John. Well, it's great to be here, Katie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. So tell me about what you've been working on this year. Well, you know, it, there's been a number of projects. Ghostwriting, of course, is, is at the top. I, I write for both practitioners and providers, which gives you a kind of an interesting perspective on how the world all comes together. Uh, you see the differences in terms of understanding of where the market is and where it's heading. And you also get an opportunity to get an idea as to where the future is is, is going to roll out over the coming months and over the coming years. So, you know, you get that, it, you know, they call it the proverbial fly on the wall. You get to hear everything and learn everything. And I think you're, you're in constant learning mode. I don't care how long you've been in business. You always have to have that appetite for learning and, and, and opening yourself up to new ideas. Yes, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're staying busy. So, so who was that one person that in your path that really inspired your road to success? You know, when I heard this question, one of the thoughts came because there are so many, but one stood out in particular, a gentleman by the name of Glenn Collins. And I'm going back probably about 35 years. He was my sales manager when I was in the sales side of, of, of the uh, profession. And I remember he was the top manager. We had the most successful uh, sales group across the country in, in a large chain. And he announced one day he was resigning and he was going to take another position within the same company has the manager for service department, for services. And I went up to him and I thought it was strange. Well, wait a second, you're top sales manager in the country. You can go up to VP of sales. I mean, like, why would you do a horizontal shift versus, you know, that vertical climb? And he said, if I really want to get to the top of an organization, I have to learn each and every unique part of that organization and how it works, not only individually, but collectively. So I'm going to acquire new skills in areas that are related to what we do in sales because they do interact together. And I thought that's an interesting approach because oftentimes we think of climbing the ladder being one way where realistically speaking, more so today, his lesson holds true, is that it's our broadening of our horizon of knowledge and understanding that we move up, not looking at it as a single stream, but looking at it as, as multiple levels of, of different experiences. So that's what stuck with me all of these years and, and it's turned out to be very true. Well, it seems like based on your experience, you've really mirrored that, that type of approach by building that strong foundation, you know, that goes very broad and then, and then building up vertically. So congratulations to you for that, for heeding that advice and, and taking that and implementing it. That's the hard part. Yeah, that's, that's the key. So what would you say is the most innovative thing that you're seeing in the space right now? You know what I'm excited about? I, I started the Procurement Insights blog in May of 2007. At that time, 
there's only a handful of us bloggers. I mean, blogging in general was relatively new back then. And there was a somewhat what you would call a proprietary approach to it. You know, everyone's sort of guarding their territory, their turf. We got to build our own brand. And while there was some communication, there certainly wasn't collaboration, certainly wasn't cross-promotional. What I find encouraging is in these uh, last uh, 12, uh, 12 months, but ultimately it's been building up since, uh, since 2007, is the way that people are realizing that you know we're not in competition within with one another that there's enough out there that we can share and open up ideas so you look at uh, buyer's meeting point kay barner and you look at procurement foundry i mean that's a game changer you look at all these different uh, people who are coming to the forefront daniel barnes sarah scott or sarah barnes humphrey and there is a uh, what you'd call a spirit of collaboration, a spirit of, well, we're all going to succeed. We're going to promote each other. We're going to share this information. I think that's the most encouraging thing I've seen within our industry in particular, is that there isn't this proprietary or territorial thinking. I mean, it still exists in certain areas, but there's this understanding that if we all share and help forward each other's ideas and opinions and foster that kind of environment, that we all end up for the better. And, and, and that's really what I think is the most interesting thing that I'm seeing over the last 12 months. Oh, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, what do you think happens to those who aren't willing to put themselves out there in that way? You know, those that aren't willing to, to be on LinkedIn or to network or are they just going to be left in the dust, you think? Yeah, you know what, I'll tell you something. Some of the long, and it, it's interesting, uh, and I, I like to use the analogy of the television. When I, I remember when I was a kid, we had three channels, black and white and rabbit ears. You're way too young to remember that. Oh, but, I, you know, I remember Okay. Well, you know, you, you were excited about whatever came on TV because there was limited competition. Now you have 300 channels, you have all the shows you can choose from. Sometimes there's still not a lot on TV, but that's another story. But the fact remains is, is that those who aren't willing to adapt to that new reality will get lost. I saw an example of it a couple of weeks ago, where someone who 10 years ago would walk into a room and have a star status, uh, you know, their social footprint is diminished to the point of where they're not drawing any attention. And, and I think when you're dealing with, especially the new generation coming up, where there is this openness, where there is this camaraderie that, that certainly is good, um, that's going to drown out these individuals. So, you know, you have to evolve, you have to change, you have to adapt. And uh, I think that there are a few that still stuck in the old ways. I, I think they're going to find that they're going to have a diminishing share of the uh, eyes and ears of, of the audience there. Yes, absolutely. With the demand of everyone getting onto this scene and, and promoting themselves in this way, it's got to increase competition. So is there any advice you'd give to people who are trying to, to really make themselves known in this competitive environment? Comment and get involved. Become part of the narrative. Don't just give the narrative. Don't just see a lot of people with social media look at it. And, and, and it's, it's an interesting thing. And I'll digress by saying I interviewed an individual who wrote a book. Uh, on social media about eight years ago. And I remember talking to him and he said, you know, the more connected we become, the less we actually communicate. And I thought it was an interesting perspective, simply because we look at this as being a soapbox. And we look at this as saying, we got to push information out there. And people lose the, the broader point of this is that, you know, you're not just giving out information and pushing out, but you're becoming part of the narrative. For example, uh, you have somebody who posts an interesting article 
you want to comment on that and get involved with that. Share some of your own reference materials, way to back that that up. When you come across a great article by someone else who, and this goes back to my earlier conversation, Katie, where I said, you know, this proprietary mindset, well, if somebody else wrote it, I better not share it. Well, if somebody else wrote it and it's good, it's incumbent upon you to share it because then you become the facilitator of the narrative. You become a facilitator of expanding it. So the advice I give is become part of the narrative. Actively get yourself involved, insert yourself into the conversations, have something meaningful to say. And when you do say something, it is not wrong to share a link back to an article you've written or someone else has written because you're adding to the value of the discussion out there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You have to add value. You can't just like it and move on. Yeah, I completely agree. So John, what's one unique thing about you that maybe this audience or maybe people in your professional path don't really know about you? Okay, this is interesting. You know, and there's, there's a lot of things that I could talk about, but I guess uh, what few people don't realize, way back in the late 90s, uh, the government of Canada's scientific research and experimental development program funded my uh, development of an algorithm, one of the first, if not the first, algorithm-driven web-based procurement tools. And I created the software uh, with my company to support the Department of National Defense's acquisition of indirect MRO materials to support their IT infrastructure, uh, same with the New York City Transit Authority. So uh, those early programs, I eventually sold that company. And uh, what was interesting about that experience is, is that that's where I first came across the concept of by procurement for procurement. And I still talk about that today, is that I was a practitioner who was looking for a way to do things better, to do it faster, do it more reliably. And as a practitioner, the solution was developed with that in mind. And how do I work more efficiently? And then ultimately went from a development phase to a production environment to, again, uh, driving significant cost savings, but efficiencies uh, for, for, again, the Department of National Defense. So a lot of people, this is way back in the, you know, 98, it was a long time ago for a lot of people, don't realize that that is a perspective that helps me in many ways be able to understand what the providers are thinking, what to look for in a provider, but also from the practitioner side, what we have to look for and how do we bring those together. Wow, that's, and you were able to straddle both sides of it. That, that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. Well, you know what, and, and, and again, because it was web-based and it was, it was, a, it was, it was an, uh, an element of artificial learning because the system with the algorithms learned and got smarter. So we looked at historic uh, values of performance and current values, and there was a lot of innovation in there. And it, it, it was an interesting tool because it showed the possibility of what you could do with technology uh, in, a, in, a, in a buy the drink kind of solution. Let's put it like that. So it, it, it really was, a, was an interesting experience and journey that I still call on uh, today when I, when I do some writing and when I'm interviewing people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know to how to have both sides of the conversation, which is that, so important. That's key. Yes, that's that, key. Ab absolutely. So what advice would you give to those who are trying to claw up the ranks and see some of the success that you've seen? Well, I'm going to go back to my original question or answer my original question about Glenn Collins and that horizontal move. You know, we often, again, equate uh, climbing the chain or, or the ranks to get to the top uh, as being a, a vertical one way. You have to broaden your horizons of thinking. I mean, procurement, and I think we've learned from the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, and I always like to say this, if you look at that cell phone in somebody's hand, 
that's procurement. If you go to the grocery store and buy groceries, that's procurement. Anything and everything in our lives is touched by procurement, but you've got to go beyond the scope of the traditional task uh, or function-oriented description of what we do to get a broader understanding as to where we can make a difference. We have to become innovative in the areas of finance. We have to become innovative in the uh, understanding of technology. I mean, not just us, but we're seeing this right across the board in the C-suite. For example, Gartner uh, came out with a report indicating that over the next year or two, uh, chief marketing officers will actually spend more on technology than CIOs. And everybody's role is shifting. And so you, you have to think horizontally. So if you want to rise up the ranks of your company, as, as, as Glenn Collins did, and he ultimately did get to, to a VP level. Uh, if you want to do that, broaden your scope of thinking outside of what that with which you are most familiar or most comfortable, because that's where the greater opportunity is. That's, that's awesome advice. You know, probably even with education, you know, to enter into the workforce, you have to kind of have that whole foundation. So maybe just narrowing down to just one school of thought or one system of education, you're actually broadening it to, to really understand a lot. So that's great advice to a lot of young folks. I appreciate that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Kelly Barn and I wrote a book called Procurement at a Crossroads, and she opened up the first chapter by saying procurement was a place that you are purchasing was a place you'd send someone to forget about them. In other words, we fell into procurement or purchasing. We didn't choose it as a profession, but with education and knowledge, people are choosing as a profession, what we do. And I think what you have to look at is say, okay, where, where can I go? Where can I make the greatest impact? We live in a gig economy now. We live in an economy of remote working. The dynamics have changed. People change jobs frequently. So you be, you've got to look at yourself almost as an independent contractor and your, your, your company for whom you're working has a client, not as an employer. And if you take on that attitude and bring that service diversity to the table, uh, that's where your success is ultimately going to be found. Because I, I, I do see that we're becoming not the traditional framework of employment, but we're going into to a realm of, of delivering service and who delivers the best service. Uh, exactly, exactly. It's getting more competitive, bringing better folks out of the industry and different voices. We need different voices. We need people from finance and technology and, and HR even to come into the, the industry and, and make it better, make it different. Well, That's absolutely. Great. Think of it this way, collaboration over consensus. That's the way you should enter into every type of an arrangement is you want to have that collaboration communication because that's where you open up avenues of opportunity, greater avenues of opportunity. Yes, yes, I love that. That's great, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and expertise with us today, John. It was awesome. God bless you. Thanks to everyone joining Tenure Talks. We stream live every Friday on LinkedIn and available anywhere you get your podcasts. See y'all next Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, John. Thank you.